All right. Um, so we're going to talk about Jelly Roll Morton, the Jazz King of New Orleans. We should, because I mean yeah. that that have been unfair to compare for us. I mean, that. Do you think that's where he got his name? No, 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 no. I'm I'm sure it's some sort of a urban dictionary thing. Okay. I mean, his real name is Jason DeFord. Uh, from yeah. Nashville, Tennessee, came up with the likes of Haystack. I mean, that's where I first heard him from Haystack. Uh, I actually found him outside of Haystack. Um, and but it was like I don't know, maybe a month or two before he did that first record with Haystack. Because uh, I I got on at the therapeutic music section. Okay. So, so yeah, I actually have a strong memory of downloading like everything I could find by a mixtape wise, uh, from like Dat Piff and like five or six other bootleg sites, uh, and then getting to his actual website and buying his therapeutic music package, which is basically, I think it's like six or seven CDs or something like that. Uh, had him mail it, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. find some of those artists where early on, you're just like, you know what you need support. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I was just like, yeah, you're you're that deal. I can see you going places. Yeah. Uh, so I jumped up and, and bought it. Yeah. Uh, when Decisive <laughs> was coming up in Toronto, I bought every single album that he put out that was you know physically available up until the end. Where you know now he's got a family and he works at a warehouse and follows me on Instagram, which is cool. But I was explaining that to Addison the other night. I'm like, it's weird that a dude that was like a huge inspiration for me is just. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's humbling. Like he's a regular dude, you know. I still bug yeah, him. I, mean, I still bug him all the time about making music. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody is like that one choice away. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, like everybody's just like, you know what? I've done what I set out to do. You know, or I'm not going to make it. Or you know what I mean? Like at a certain point, you just have that definitive. You know what? I'm good. Like. And like atmosphere, like is a good person to think about because like he he was extra regular to begin with, but you know he does music because he wants to. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't feel a need to please anybody, including his fans. Right. You know, he's just like I, I make music because I like to. And yep. If you like it, cool. And and so yeah, so I mean, if he was just like, you know what, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. I remember stop. if I remember yeah. correctly, there was a decisive interview where he was talking about how frustrating it was because um, mm-hmm. the, the dude was nominated for two Junos. But, yeah. you know, politics gets involved and, you know, you lose to Cardinal Offshaw or whatever. And then and then around the time he kind of stopped, Drake was really coming up, you know. And Yeah, I mean, you can kind of see the writing on the wall. It's either you're built for the underground. Right. Or you're built for the radio. And I think that he was like kind of teetered in between that. You know what I mean? Like you like, not to say his music wasn't good, but wasn't quite good enough to be the yeah. top of the top. You know, and so he had to play his spot. And yeah, when, when you look at like, yo, I'm going up against Drake for the next decade. Right. You know what I mean? You got to be like, yeah, that's going to be rough. Yeah. But all right, let's get into Jelly Roll. Uh, new album. It is titled Self-Medicated. Yeah. Um, this is my first time really, really, really getting into Jelly Roll. Um, so, oh. I, you know, I, I've heard, I heard of him. I heard most of his stuff, you know, that he did with Haystack. But I feel like, People now 
prior to this album, we're probably hearing of him from his stuff with Lil White with Tech Nine, and he is a staple. Yeah, at the, ga- at the gathering of the Juggalos. Yeah, so Jelly Roll is an interesting, interesting one because he came up on the mixtape in Nashville, uh, which is good, and then like kind of started branching out. Uh, like I said, signed a record deal with Lil White and Three Six Mafia. Uh, and then kind of took it his own route, like went completely independent. So he does records with, like I said, he did two with Stack. He's done two with Lil White. He's done uh, three with Struggle Jennings. Yeah. Uh, dude is just a, a fucking workaholic. And uh, yeah, so I mean, people like know Jelly as Jelly. Like if you're yeah. most people like, so yeah, like we got you heard him first with haystack because you were a haystack fan right and yeah so the tech fans you know strange music is getting on to him now but he signed that you know distribution and marketing deal yeah travis over there so i mean we are seeing a lot more exposure to him from that yeah so uh, yeah i think it was solid choice his last album that came out this last spring was released on it goes up and and strange um, so this is his second album this year. Um, yeah, 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 and that's and that's not unheard of for him. Like no, if you go back, not and at look, all. <laughs> you know, quarantine accelerated this thing. Like he's always working. Because uh, like a month ago, he was talking about the William Whalen four. You know what I mean with Struggle mm-hmm. Jennings. I mean he's like he he's there. So yeah, but this is the second one being promoted with Strange. Uh, so it's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, first track is House of Cards. Uh, I felt like this is a super strong way to start the album. Um, I loved it. Yeah. It was. It's. It's probably one of my favorite tracks on the album. Ah, okay, that's fine. Uh, I thought it was a solid intro. Uh, the pre-chorus and chorus weren't like super great to me, but I'm like I said, I'm a solid Jelly fan. But his verses were on point, and the lyrics and the flow. Like I thought it was a great way to start the project, and and, and a pretty good introduction for people who don't actually listen to him yeah be like oh he's he's not exactly like everybody else right Uh, track two was saved me this was the first single um so this song actually kind of transcended um his fan base and what would normally be his fan base uh when the video for this came out it made the front page of youtube oh yeah yeah uh, yeah, his he's been no stranger to this southern rock acoustic vibe uh, for like the last five or six years. But like, he really has started to come into his own and just be like, you know what, I'm making music for me at this point. And so since he's going through the hard times right now, yeah, like you could you could hear this in the song coming a mile away based on other things that he's doing. It's like someday he's not going to make a rap album. Yeah. Like and and this is this is one of those things where you just like he could do it, and it'd be no problem. Yeah. This... So like if, if you like if you like this one, he got kind of got into it with the whiskey the whiskey sessions. Yeah. I think it was like 2017 or whatever, and it was you know acoustic band or whatever in the studio. So yeah, no, I'm really glad that he got to where he is for this. Yeah. Like, I like that that he like he's in it. Like he just put it all out there. And if anybody's got anything negative to say about it, you know, just jump off. Like, cause that's, you know what I mean? That's, it's, yeah. it's good music, no genre whatsoever. The video is currently sitting at 18 million views on YouTube. And I mean, an artist of his stature would not be anywhere close to that right now. 
Um, oh no, no, it's it's easily attached to by pretty much any demographic. Yep. Uh, you know, and it's it's just it's good therapy music. So like every time I go on Instagram, you you see him posting the reposts of all you know all these people singing it, riding to it. You know what I mean? And yeah. So it's easy to easy to attach to. Yep. Track three is Promise. Uh, th- this one was awesome. Uh, this was another one of my favorite. I love the the melody. I like the subject matter. It had a cool southern rock feel to the hook. Loved it. Yeah, that, that's what it was. I, I thought it was a cool song. Uh, I enjoyed the southern rock vibes that he does most of the times. Uh, this one kind of had that early 2000s alternative rock vibe in it, which I yeah. thought worked, worked, <laughs> worked, worked well with his singing and the subject matter of this one. Uh, you know, not my top song on here. But yeah, no, this is... Uh, this is kind of what Jelly's good at. He's, he's he started with like doing trap music, uh, and then has evolved into this southern rock rap thing. But not you can't call it rap rock by any means. You know, it's just no. it's a a new genre, good music kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, track four. Oh, my phone locked on me. Uh, track yeah, four. Overdo- overdose. overdose with uh, Still Matthews. My only only issue with this track why was there not a tech nine feature uh, because you know you don't you don't need it for everyone like he's you don't like jelly's this, real this track would have benefited from it oh yeah definitely like he like jelly's good at like spacing out his features like he did two albums this year and like if this album would have came out next year he might have had a tech feature that sort of thing uh, but as it is, I thought that this is the jelly that I enjoy, you know, from the lyrics to the flow singing, like he put himself on display, like pretty much like if you like this song in any capacity, you will find a half dozen songs easy that you think are great on pretty much every album he does. Uh, I didn't love yeah. still Matthews, like lyrically, he was fine. Uh, I just couldn't really get into his voice. Like his voice just kind of threw me off. Like he's like raspy, but not raspy enough. And you know what I mean? It's just kind of, like I watched the video before I listened to the album, and I was just like, uh, "Okay, like whatever." Yeah. But uh, he didn't like bring it down too far. But I think this is the type of song that, as is, is just pretty average for him. Like Jelly comes and does this thing, and then the feature just kind of there, filling up space. Uh, track five <clears throat> is "Dance with Ghosts." Um, I loved this song. I, I only had one issue with it. So on the hook. Um, you know, he's real quiet at the beginning of the hook and he builds uh, the last four bars or so. I felt like that kind of should have been reversed where he came in strong and then kind of tapered off the last four bars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just artistic choice choices, you know, but like, yeah, I could, I could see it both ways. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my, my notes were that, you know, when jelly makes a song about women, it's never going to disappoint. Like it's just never going to. Uh, I, I like the trap rock vibe that he put in there in the backdrop. Uh, made me kind of want to see how a video would lay out. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of got that vibe that it would make a good video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just kind of waiting for that because he's doing like a video a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, on Apple Music, it's it's one of the most played tracks on the album. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a very solid track. I didn't put it in classic territory, but it's definitely a four for me. Yeah. Track six is Loneliness featuring Ritz. This was the second single. Um, Ritz got him on this one. Uh, Ritz's melody to start the second verse. 
holy shit <laughs> yeah well ritz is ritz is a better singer than joe like like overall like if you go back and listen to ritz's albums like he does most of his own works as far yeah. as singing yeah. goes and they're, they're like they're two different styles of singing like jelly's got that you know soul rock and you know ritz has kind of just got that that smooth riding voice and i thought it was yeah. i thought it was great yeah, but I thought this was uh, the therapeutic music that I loved. You know what I mean? Like that made me a fan. Uh, so yeah. then when Ritz, then Ritz came in and dropped the classic verse, singing was on point, provided, you know, the vintage white Jesus flow that only oh, yeah. Ritz can do. Yeah, so like if this was on Ritz's album that we reviewed last week, uh, this would have been the best song on there. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was an, another five, yeah, right there with uh, Save Me, two singles back-to-back, knock them out. Yeah. Track seven, Afraid of Me, with uh, Struggle Jennings, who he has collaborated with on at least three albums, I believe. Oh, yeah, three um, albums. They, they're boys from back in the day. Yeah. So so I don't know how much you know about Struggle Jennings, but he rolled with Yellow Wolf and Jelly Roll and Ritz and, like, all of them. So, like, Struggle Jennings went to jail over some drugs, like, a lot of stuff. And so, like, Yellow Wolf was making songs f- about him and Jelly and Ritz and everybody. Like, he was, he was like, the guy everybody loved. But he's a, a Shooter Jennings' son, if I remember correctly. Uh, no. Uh, no. And he, then he is... Waylon... Wait, no. Related, but yes. Waylon, so... Waylon Jennings' grandson, I think, is how it works out. I couldn't remember. He is the step grandson of Waylon Jennings. He is the there nephew is. of Shooter Jennings. He is the grandson of country musician Jesse Coulter. There it is. Yeah. So like he, you know, he's not the person you would expect to be caught up in the drugs like that. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he he's collaborated with Jelly pretty much since the beginning. They're like they're essentially brothers. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Struggle is an OG member of Slum American. So oh oh yeah absolutely yeah he uh yeah. he's a he's a great artist in his own right um but t- when they when they get together for the William Whalen albums they're like unskippable songs pretty much uh but this one to me kind of felt like it was average like like it could have been a B side off of one of the one of their albums I'm glad you said that so I have no experience I don't listen I've never listened to Struggle Jennings yeah um so to me this was a filler track. It's, it's yeah. not bad. It just doesn't stand out. And if I was to to base an opinion on Struggle Jennings strictly off of this track, I would say I'm not a fan. Yeah, see, he... I, I hate to use these words, but Struggle is pretty much like a one-trick pony. Like, so when you see Struggle Jennings on a track, you pretty much know what you're going to get. It's going to be something personal. He's not really going to switch his flow up too much. But like he's like the epitome of like country dad rap. Like he gives it to you straight. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't put a lot of extra into it. So like I could I could see a lot of people not enjoying struggle, but like I do. You know what I mean? And it's just one of those like it's, he. I could see him being a polarizing kind of a feature. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't let this song deter anybody away from listening to struggle. I would say use Jelly as your gateway and go listen to the three Willie and Wayne uh, just to kind of give you a feel for like what Struggle does and then go into his solos because I don't super love his solo work. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, like I said, usually with Jelly, they kind of like bring out the best in each other. But this one just didn't have the magic. 
pretty much. Yeah. Uh, track eight was 5 a.m. featuring Mercules and Futuristic. Um, it was a solid Merc feature, which I feel like the last couple episodes we've been talking about Merc features and some of them have kind of fell short, but this one was, was pretty solid. Um, I felt like this could be like, uh, it, it felt like a cool party track, but the, the beat wasn't really solid enough for it. Um, futuristic was cool. He ain't bad. I don't know much about him, but it was a solid 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Jelly killed it, does what he does. Uh, that's about as close to perfect Jelly as you can get. Um, Merc went in and did his thing. I think Jelly did the best thing out of the last couple of albums is he didn't give Mercules a Mercules beat. Uh, he made, you know, Mercules meet him in Jelly Roll territory. Um, so this is easily my favorite Merc, be- uh, Merc feature out of the last three, out of the, because it was Chris Calico, Ritz, and now Jelly all had the Merc features. Yeah. Uh, Futuristic didn't sound like himself, uh, which is kind of hard for me to take. Like when I listen, I was just background music the first time. Like I didn't even know he was on the song. Uh, his voice, like he went super low tone. Uh, to kind of match what was going on. But I think if he'd have put his regular voice on there, he would have stood out in a good way. Because uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Futuristic, like not all of his stuff, because uh, he kind of plays around in the box a little bit, kind of weird for me. Um, but he's like a super talented dude. And uh, like seeing his name on there, I'm like, oh, he should have snapped. And like his lyrics are fine. But I, like I said, he doesn't put his signature sound into it. So it kind of threw me off a little bit. But I thought it was still a pretty good track overall track nine johnny and june uh this is another contender for one of my favorites um it kind of reminds me of one of them uh them them nelly tracks um, hey, hey that is that is like not a bad thought at all because it is it's kind of sounds like that uh dilemma era nelly um and i actually got that later on in the album i don't even remember what song it is yeah but, i got it i got it on another track too so i'm, I'm yeah. interested to see where you got it yeah it's probably the same one um but yeah no i like this is the type of jelly love songs you get where they're not like super sappy but mm-hmm. he gives it to you in in such a way where it's like it's an inside thing so like you're like johnny right. and june like if you don't know anything about music you're just like this doesn't make any sense you know, right. and then yeah. and then and then when you look it up, you're just like, oh snap, that is dope. Especially if you know the Johnny Cash story, right? So the lyrics were on point, flow was great, beat was solid. You know, it, it's hard to find a real knock in it. You know, what I mean, it, you 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 like it or you don't. You know, what I mean, if you don't like it, it's just because you don't like good music. Yeah. Track ten, my last joint, um, didn't really stand out. I like the beat and the hook. Um, yep. Is kind of another filler track, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I said I love the chorus and the beat was solid. Uh, not my favorite track. Seems like one of those songs that Jelly can do anytime he wants. So it's just average, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it may be better than some other people's tracks, but I, you know, I mm-hmm. always do my association based on their merit. So yeah, no, it's just average. I probably won't listen to it again unless it comes up on random. Yeah. Track 11 is Rescue Me with Starlito. Uh, this is one of two tracks on this album that I, I don't like. Um, it, it just felt super lackluster. There's nothing special about it. Yeah, I, and I could, I could co-sign that, like not being a big Jelly fan like that. Starlito's never been an amazing artist because uh, going to school in Nashville, or right outside of Nashville, that, you know, I, I listened to some of these people for a while. But like Starlito's not one of those I've ever really attached to. 
um, but he's he's usually solid on jelly tracks. Uh, Jelly's chorus fit nice. Uh, I think the problem with the beat for me, which may you may find if you go back and listen to it again, is I think the trap drums that they put in it with the guitar and everything like limited the impact of it. Like I think if they'd have done live drums, it would have gave it a little bit of an energy boost. So to it, that kind of would have pushed it a little bit. But uh, as far as Jelly goes, he did, you know, he did what he normally does. So yeah, it was a little bit above average, but nothing you know, to write home about. Yeah. Track 12 is Better Off Alone uh, featuring, it cut off here. Is it Mackenzie Nicole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis's daughter from Stranger Things. Got you. Okay. Um, this I I like this one. It was it was soulful. Uh, I I kind of wish she would have backed her up on the hook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was my only real downside to it. Yeah, I got I got a little thing, and it's like I have to tell you that I'm not a huge Mackenzie fan. Like she's hit or miss. Like she can sing. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong. Uh, and she did a pretty good job on this, but like for the vibe that he was going for, I think that struggles daughter Brianna would have turned it up a notch. Cause she's got an actual soulful voice instead of a pop voice doing sort of a soulful thing. Um, but as it stands, yeah. I thought jelly rocked the song. So yeah, no, it was a, it's a, it's a good song as it is. Uh, but just like knowing the people that's around him, I thought that he probably could have picked a better feature. Um, but definitely not a knock. I gave it a four. Uh, Cause I think it's a solid cut. Uh, track 13 a million times uh love the beat love the melody this was the other nelly track i had i love the nelly singing slash flow he did yep. <laughs> that, that's literally that's my note uh and then the new xxx peepish juice kind of chorus uh mm-hmm. filled it out nicely like it was a good juxtaposition uh old school new school kind of a vibe uh so yeah no i thought it was a i thought it was a good cut Track 14 is Feelings featuring Lex Top Dollar. Um, I felt like he put a lot of heart into this, especially the hook. So I'm not going to knock the track, but I, this, it's just not for me. Oh, it's yeah. not bad, but it's it's just not for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my, my notes are a little different because Lex Top Dollar is a huge impact on Jelly's career. Uh, so I thought it was classic Jelly. Uh, the subject matter flow, the singing is kind of his signature sound, and he's got it in there. Uh, I was glad to see Lex on it. His verse wasn't special. You know what I mean? Like the lyrics were on point. Uh, and as a long time Jelly collaborator, I, I liked the vintage vibe that he gave it. But uh, Lex has done a million times better. Like it's just not his wheelhouse, the type of music that Jelly does now. Like he was a very good, like uh, trap era Jelly person, like early supporter mixed, mixed his albums and mixtapes and stuff like that. So, it's a it's very much for Nashville, pretty much. Like if you know Lex and you'll enjoy the track. Okay. Um track fifteen, Explode with Chris Webby. Um I wasn't a huge fan of Jelly's verses on this one. Um I feel like this track could have been better, but I just can't really pinpoint how. Yeah, I mean his chorus, I really liked. His verses were okay, Jelly. Like, they don't – like, he didn't – I hate to say that he didn't spend the time to do it. But it's just, like, he didn't reach the mark that you've, you're starting to expect from him. So I can kind of see that. And then it didn't help that uh, Chris Webby came in and did the things that Chris Webby does. 
like last week we talked, I talked about how I didn't think that was the feature or the verse to get people into Chris Webby. This is the exact opposite. Like this is the Chris Webby that made me a fan. And so I think when you have a feature come in and do that kind of a thing and you're not bringing your 100% a game that you kind of come off as a little lackluster, not less talented. And later on down the line, I could be like, you know, you know what? Jelly's verse is really dope. But yeah, I thought that, you know, Webby came in and did his thing and was a good representation on that. Next track is, uh, was it still my hero still my... with a uh, bro, bro Gator? Barbo. Barbo Gator. Barbo. Yeah. Barbo. I'm, it's scrolling across, so I'm trying to read it. And uh, also Savannah. Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. Um, this is the only track I'd straight up, like, well, there was one I wasn't a huge fan of, but I, I just don't like this track. Yeah, you don't like Barbo? Like, <laughs> He's another one of those. Uh, he's one of those Nashville fixtures. Barbo Gator, uh, Haystack, you know, and all three of them kind of came up together. Barbo had beef with Haystack, and you know, I mean, like all that foolishness gotcha. that happens. Uh, I've never been a big fan of his. Uh, so when he came on the beginning of it and kind of rode through, uh, and then had Savannah doing the chorus, I'm like, yo, this sounds like a Barbo track more than a Jelly track. Like, you know, Savannah did her thing and it was fine. I don't really have any complaints about her. But Jelly went personal. The whole song was super personal. I get it. Losing your father, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's a okay yeah. song. Like, it's not my jam. You know, God forbid sometime it might be. You know what I mean? When, yeah. when you're in that emotion. But, uh, but yeah, I thought it was okay. I'm sure that it hits harder for them than anybody else. He's very much a I don't care if you like it sort of a track. Track 17 is Too Far featuring Ryan Nelson. To me, this was the country track. Yeah. yeah. On the album. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty close. Like, uh, it's another Jelly track for his girl, and it worked. Uh, like, he always did yep. good on that. And I, I thought Ryan was dope with setting the tone, uh, but I think that he mm-hmm. used a little more of his country twang in the chorus. Uh, Might have put it a little bit more over the top. But that's really just me nitpicking it. You know what I mean? Like, just trying to find something that's not great about it uh and then other than that the only note i had was you know it could have used a second verse like a second jelly verse pretty much because it's yeah. only chorus verse chorus out yeah and the last track is one more ride featuring my name cushy um this was a solid closer uh had this been anywhere else on the album i don't think i would have liked it yeah um it's it's cool like it like it's not one that I'd go directly to if I was listening to this album but I feel like it works as a closer. Yeah, he's done a few tracks like this in the past like he's very strong in the doing songs for his girl. Uh very strong in the doing songs for the people that he's around all the time and like this is for the people who aren't around anymore. And he's and he's done that before and I think they was really good with it. Uh like he, I don't have any problem with what Jelly did. Uh, my name is Cushy. He's been on quite a few things, uh, and this really wasn't his sort of a thing. Uh, like the beat didn't do him any favors. Like his style, the auto tune kind of thing, doesn't really mesh with Jelly's current tone. You know, what I mean, like so to the point where I probably could have done without his verse. And, and that's not a knock on Cushy. Like he did his thing. Like he sounds good, lyrics and everything. It's just like to me, it just you know. Without the verse, I think it would have been equally as strong of a track. Yeah. 
Um, all in all, I would give this album a four. Um, even though there's tracks I'm not super keen on, um, there's enough tracks where I would I would just listen to this album as a whole and and not skip anything. Yeah, I probably listened to it about five or six times, uh, just as general listening music. Uh, but that's what I yeah. usually do with Jelly albums. Uh, but I think my bottom line is it's not my favorite Jelly album. Uh, and I would even say that it's not his best album this year. Um, I think Beautiful Disaster is a better body of work. Uh, I think he did a good job of mixing his new and old vibes on this. Uh, he did add a couple classics to his discography uh, with this project, which I think is always a good thing. Uh, Ritz Mercury's and Chris Webby came through and did their standout signature sounds and elevated the tracks while they were on it. Uh, the rest of the artists didn't really bring too much to it, uh, but my math broke down to 3.8. Uh, so pretty close to where you stood. Uh, it's a bit over average, but that's typically where I expect Jelly's albums to land. Like, you know, above. What would you say is your, uh, what would you say is your favorite track? Favorite track on here? Uh, scrolling through. Uh, if I had to just pick one right off the top, probably Loneliness with Ritz. Uh, strong follow-up with Save Me. Those are the two that I gave fives but yeah see this doesn't have like, promise is trying real hard for me yeah promise is a solid it's a solid song like and like, to yeah. me he's done these before like overall his this project like doesn't break new ground with the exception of save me like for him so like everything on here you can see coming as a jelly fan except for maybe save me but even that you should be saying hey someday it's coming so i think this is if this is your first time really getting into them i think you're in for a ride um going backwards through his discography pretty much to see where he came from uh would be a good start but yeah i think uh what was it good night nashville uh was his one where he really started stepping out into his uh current zone He's comparable to a lot of other Nashville artists, wouldn't you say? Um, so I have like weird feelings about a lot of Nashville or even the, let's just say the down south white boy genre. Like I don't have a, a good way to explain it. Like so like you've got people like Bubba Sparks who came out and he wasn't a country rapper when he came out, but he was a country rapper. Like his content was country, but he wasn't rapping country. And then, you know, Haystack got his just not national, but sort of national kind of attention uh, when he got signed with Def Jam South. Um, and he was country country. Like his music wasn't country, but he put it out there a certain way. And then, you know, from there, we've gotten like Yellow Wolf and now Jelly Roll and these people are venturing out and they're kind of doing the same thing that Kid Rock did. And it's not a, a knock by any means. Like they're getting into the other things they like pretty much. So like Yellow Wolf does this amazing like Southern rock rap thing. And it's great. And you can see Jelly doing it too, but I don't think that they're related. You know what I mean? Like it's just the other music that they listen to. And so Okay. So like I like you can go and listen to Haystack and he's not going to do anything close to what Jelly's doing. When he collaborated with Sorry. Jelly, like he overtook Haystack spot. 
like and that that's just it like jelly is right. the death of haystack as being influential out there pretty much so are you saying that maybe it's unfair to compare the two it, nowadays definitely unfair to compare. <laughs> also unfair to compare uh jaron benton and easy mac uh jaron benton is an atlanta georgia rapper um came up with uh funk volume yep with the likes of dizzy Wright, um hobson uh swizz was webby in funk volume chris webby is that what you're talking about yeah no i don't think so yeah i i've only yeah. known him as independent pretty much Got you. Uh, Easy Mac came up. He was he's from Toronto. He came up in the in the same camp with Mercules, um, Golden Buckskin Pony, and Philip Solo. If you're not familiar with Philip Solo's music, I completely understand. But you should have heard of him from YouTube. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So both of them came up in fairly successful camps i mean mercules is obviously the most successful out of that group that i just listed um jaron is not the most successful out of that group i would have to go with hobson Um, so neither like see see i have a problem with that like in hobson's talented which which makes it even harder to venture into like i would say dizzy is probably the most well most well known out of all of them like hobson he has that that Thing, you know what I mean? Like it rubs you the wrong way. Like he's an independent person, you know, and he he steps out there. So it's like you either love or hate him. Like there's no middle ground for Hobson. Right. And and like Dizzy and so, Jaron, like they're they've ventured out away from the sound of funk volume and they've they're still going. Like I can't tell you the last time I heard of Hobson. Yeah, yeah. But Jaron and, and Mac are are not the most successful people out of their respective groups when they came. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. Jaron was he was like the he was like the stepchild, you know what I mean? Like he was just kind of off in his corner doing his thing. Like he wasn't from the area, you know, where everybody else was, and had a diff- mm-hmm. had a different vibe to him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that I think one of the problems with Jaron is the fact that he was with Funk Boy. Like I think it you know it prevented him from taking the jump that he needed like his music has always been quality but i think the stigma of hobson and funk volume make it bigger than himself so like he's got solid everything it's just i don't know i think see so I actually prefer Jaren's music back when he was with Funk Volume because I listen to it now and I don't really see much that sets that... him apart. As far, mm. at least as far as subject matter, I'm not saying the dude's not talented because um, when he was with Funk Volume, I felt like he had a lot of subject matter that, you know, maybe back in the '90s would have been controversial, but you know, it it's got that shock value yeah but but see that's that that's the funk Um, volume thing you know what i mean like like to to the extent like it pigeonholes pigeonholes them in certain things that's what i'm saying and then you know as when he when he left he's on rock nation now um 
you know, I listened to his last album, uh, Yuck Fu, and uh, yeah, like, it didn't resonate with me at all. It just yeah, didn't I'm trying out. to remember the last one that I um, really, really enjoyed uh, by Jane. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it was like uh, it was the sequel album. I just can't remember what it is. Yeah, slow motion two uh, slow was motion. the last one that I was real big into. Yeah, Where is on the other on the other end, Easy Mac, um, dude's got bars. Like, however, his flow is very monotone. Um, as much as I like Easy Mac, I like him better when he's with other people. Um, his albums with you know, Buckskin Pony, I think are probably his best work. Um, however, you know, in the same breath that I say I, I like Jaron's old subject matter, Easy's subject matter has become very yeah. repetitive. I can see that. I, uh, I did so, the, hey, who would I put these artists in the group with? Like, not as a group, but like, who do you compare them tier-wise? And like Jaron, I put with like Joiner, Logic, and Futuristic as yeah. far as, you know, the underground artists that are, you know, right on the cusp of doing something magical. Logic, obviously, he's done it now, you know, like, you know, come out of the woodworks and pop level. Um, but then like Easy Mac, I had a hard time like finding somebody to compare him to. And then the only person I could really think of was like, was Tom McDonald, mm-hmm. which you may not really know who he is, but he like went on, like I was a fan of his, like he just, like he, little off balance like his flow is a little weird his subject matter like a little touchy you know yeah and then you know but tom went off the deep end you know now he's headline and bait switching meme of himself like he's like he's talented but his music's crap like so i urge you to i urge you to to check out tom again at least the last couple months worth of stuff like, he's like gotten back, I, but i'm with you yeah well tom is one of those people. artists where like i found him i don't even remember what it was but like he was rapping in like a cowboy hat and some boots you know beating up his girlfriend or whatever and i was just like no. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was so i was like yo that, this dude's crazy so i listened to his stuff and at the time uh i was like yo this is he, he he's got something like he could do something like he's talented. And uh, I, another one of those artists, he was like, Hey, I will give you all the music I currently have in a Dropbox file for like $20. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. You know, $20. Uh, and I listened to it and you know, dude's talented. And then like yeah. immediately he went and did some crazy shit. Like, you know, like uh, it was probably a year before I'm not a, you know, racist or whatever yeah. it was that he did. Like, and he just like, all headline aiming like i've seen some of this newer stuff yeah yeah straight white male and all that yeah yeah, yeah. and so so i've heard the new stuff some of the new stuff you know the industry doesn't want to see this stuff or whatever i'm still on his mailing list so i get the updates but that was like the only person i could really like put in the same level as easy mac for me like he like he's talented but he's a little out there like like he's not up with the level in my opinion of the other guys we have in the conversation for underground artists so so you i don't know if you know this or not easy mac was actually an internet meme before he gained any sort of real notoriety 
I don't know if you've ever seen the video of the dude in Toronto that was walking like 25 <laughs> miles <laughs> on Easter. Well, if, wait, All if right. that's him. <laughs> so if I if I remember the story correctly, he uh, he I don't know how he came into all these bunnies. I don't know if he had them, but anyway, he took a bunch of LSD and thought it was a good idea to take the bunnies for a there while. Are, there are, there are worse things. Yeah, there are worse and, things. Uh, ended up like on it. the news. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah no, check, out, my, check out that my YouTube search and hop off of here. So, the... yeah, um, I think as far as talent these two are comparable um you know i guess it boils down to personal preference um i you know i really liked both of them in the beginning but if i was gonna if you told me you know go listen to one now i would probably yeah, go yeah, with it's easy just now. different different taste definitely i had to go the other way i went with jaron uh like i understand people's vi- why people vibe with easy and it's not that he's not talented. It's just my opinion. Jared has this sort of a crossover sort of a thing that puts him in a different weight class. Like, cause he, he does the hip hop, hip hop with the hip hop, hip hop people. He does the closer to commercial with the closer to commercial. You know what I mean? Like, I think easy, like in it's, it's a real hard push. It's like easy. Doesn't have a song in my opinion. That's on the level of no fucks to give or tech in church. Or even scared, uh, and that's all off of that slow motion too. Um, like, and it's like you know, that's just my my thing. I'm like, I listen to those three uh, in preparation for doing this. Like, went back and listened to everything on Spotify by the guy by these two guys, and I was just like, ah, like to me, like those are just like standout things. I'm like, I just don't think that he could touch that right now. You know, he could surprise me down the line. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as it is now, like Jaron, I don't know. If he got the right kind of push, like his music is quality, he could be in that, like I said, the joiner category, you know, in the conversation with people at that level, because that's where I think he is. Yeah. All right. And that's well, fine. Like, I, I get why people like him. It's All just, right. you know, yeah. he was up against somebody, yeah. I think, you know, personally. Yep. Yeah. All right, time for uh, who is it? So I've got uh, five clues here. Uh, I, I want you to get this one, but yeah. I don't want you well, to get it until the last one. Who knows? <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. First first clue. Alphabet. Alphabet. Uh, dude, I have a guess for this. I just and I lost for the dude's name. Keep going. Scribble Jam. Uh, that's even less helpful. <laughs> All right. Third one, Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Still got nothing? All right. Fourth one, Author. Yeah, no. Keep going. All right, last clue. You're going to get it now, and you're going to feel dumb. Black Clover. Black Clover. Are you talking about Mac? That's crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I only, like, vaguely, like, even now, I can, like, vaguely yep. go back and tie in some of those things you just said. But, yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, Alphabet, uh, mm-hmm. after he was on Ellen DeGeneres, yeah. he came out with yeah. a, the rapping the Alphabet video. Um, and then he was oh, yeah, a, he was a staple. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not one that I can forget once um, we get to who he was. Yeah, the Ellen thing. Like I just kind of blocked that out because he's like too yeah. talented of a person. Like he's another one of those people that you know, like he's stupid talented. Right. Like how, like from Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like how can you get your records released by Atmosphere and Rhyme Sayers? Have it produced by the in-house producer from Strange Music? You know what I mean? Like, dude is just like mad talented, crosses all these lines. And I think at some point he just kind of just said, hey, this is fine. Like, I don't even know if he still tours anymore. Like, he just, you know, puts out music when he wants to, stay at home, working out, releasing YouTube videos. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, like, I like his music, but I like, like his potential was so much higher than, than where I think he ended up. <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, by the way, he has yeah, I mean, it, disc records against Tom McDonald. If you haven't gotten into them yet, you need to go check that out because yes, he does. It, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. yeah they, I watched both. Yeah, of them. Tom. They, they Tom had that, that good line. He goes, "It's it's sad that they took Mac but kept Lethal." Talking about Mac Miller, I was like, "Oh shit!" You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Yep. Nice. But, um, Mac Lethal actually has one of the the best battle raps I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac Lethal he is a beast. Dance. Like it's, um, it's a shame. Like he just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. So the the line I can remember it was Max uh, Max last go at it, but uh, Dirtbag Dan had said something along the lines of how can yeah. a Mac be lethal right. when a Tech Nine runs Kansas City, and Mac ended up ending his last few bars with. Uh, Kansas right. City bitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, City too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they, they've collaborated on a couple things. Like, but I think Mac is actually better on Sess Crew tracks than on Tech tracks. If you haven't checked out the tracks that he's done with Sess Crew, you should go back and listen to those because we talked about them. I should. I do know. I do know that he has a track with. Yeah, ICP I can't remember actually good. listening to. That. Yeah, 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 I mean, that is there's there's a lot of people who have tracks with ICP where you're yeah. just like, oh, that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, Jack White's got one. Like ICP, they're like yeah. across the board with the people they like and enjoy. You know what I mean? Like, so you can you can see them be like, hey, come kick it, and you know they're an intriguing sort of a personality. So you can imagine if you find yourself in the same place with them, you're just like, oh, he's like, they're like, you want to do a record? And you're just like sure i could literally say anything i want you know what i mean and like that's got to be a thing where you're just like you know what i feel comfortable going in here and just shitting all over this thing however i feel like it and, and knowing that only like one percent of the earth's population is actually right. in here yeah um my other two clues for yeah, yeah yeah i had to, I had to look it up um, after that so i didn't know he had a book Oh, dude. All right. So his book, Text from Bennett, um, incredible. Like, probably my favorite book. Um, if you read that book and it does not make you smile, laugh, something's wrong with you. Like, that. that's a book that I want to buy more. Hey, you should. Like, of and give like away that's a good thing. Good book. Um, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've I have loaned that book out more than any other book I own. 
Um, yeah, I remember seeing seeing the Tumblr incredible. stuff, you know, and occasionally yeah. seeing the stuff. But yeah, I didn't really actually remember. Yeah, I just to to give you one of the the one of my most memorable things from that book. So Bennett is his uh, his cousin, who is fairly uneducated, and uh, he was telling Mac that he had a job interview. Um, but he currently had a job and his boss would not let him off work to go to the job interview. And Mac was touring and, you know, it was like, look, I got to go, you know, you got to give him, you know, if he doesn't let you do it, you know, just throw an ultimatum at him. So Mac has his phone off because he's on a plane. He gets off the plane. He gets a text from Bennett and it's like, dude, what the fuck? Why did you tell me to do that? And Mac's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I got fired. He's like, why'd you get fired? He's like, I did exactly what you said. I threw an old tomato at him. (laughs) It's just, it's stupid little funny shit like that. Like, in the context of the book, it's fucking Yeah, I remember, like I said, I remember some of the Tumblr things. I picked up a couple of them across my radar. So, yeah, I'll put this on the list. Yeah. Cool. All right. On that note, yeah, we have John. We still have John should make a play. See y'all next week. Oh shit! You're right. Damn. Damn, I suck. By the way, what I do is I make my notes and lay it out in the format that we've been doing (laughs) the podcast. So, so I've got headers. Headers. Yeah. I. You know what? I'm I'm not even gonna cut this part out because like you know yeah. that's that's my fault. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. So go I've first. my first one, uh, Notorious Big, more money, more problems. Uh, stripped version, uh, uh, Warner Archive, I think it's called Warner Archive, is releasing like older version or newer versions of older popular songs. I heard one, uh, this one, but I heard one the week before, uh, Bob song that they remade the beat. Uh, and then after this one, I saw a May song with Total uh, that they acoustic too. So uh, this one is for fans of 90s rap, acoustic covers, and anything that just feels weird when you listen to it because it's definitely different. Uh, my second one is Portugal the Man, uh, Who's Gonna Stop Me featuring Weird Al, uh, which I sent to you uh, as a recommendation because it's crazy. Uh, for fan of alternative pop and trippy vibes. Uh, and my last one is from an album that I didn't super enjoy, but I like the way that I can relate it to other people. Uh, T.I. off his new album, uh, the song is called Put Some On It. For fans of Bubba Sparks rapping fast, futuristic, and down south beats, uh, put it on and then let me know what you think, because it is the closest thing I can do is Bubba Sparks rapping fast. All right. Uh, my first one is Black Lives Matter by Andre Simone. Um, Andre Simone was a peer of Prince, um, was a member of the family, I believe, which was one of Prince's bands. Yeah. Um, lots of Prince collaborations. He probably did a decent yeah. amount. Of, he's a multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, producer. Um, probably did a decent amount of work um, early yeah. in Prince's When you get the car, you show up. 70s, early 80s. <laughs> Um, yeah, for sure. Um, next is Jewel. You were meant for me, the demo version. 
Um, so the other day I was like, man, what is Jewel up to? Yeah, everybody did. Like, you know, I knew yeah. her two hits from the 90s, and I'm like, what's she up to? Yeah, yeah. So I check her out, and uh, her, her, you know, biggest album in the 90s, Pieces of You, is yeah. coming up on its 25th anniversary. And included in that is a bunch of demo versions. This is the only one available right now, but it is much more soulful than what you hear on the radio. Um, and then the last one is Aesop Rock, uh, the single from his new album. It was, it was cool. Uh, is Pizza Alley. You have to be a um, super fan I, of his. Like to me, like I'm like, dude, yeah, this thing is um, dragging on forever. Uh, it came on my new release radar. I listened to it about three times and then I skipped it after that. Like it's a good song like for what it is. But it's not an everyday looking for me. Yeah, Aesop Rock to me, mm-hmm. it all depends on production. Um, I, I'm not a fan of his production. I'm a fan of his rapping, but mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of his production. So, John, when you listen to this, there you go. Everyone else, also add it to your playlist, and we still need to get a Spotify playlist going. So, I don't have Spotify. Um, but I'd say you, you maybe I'd uh, say yeah. Just send me a list of the songs and I'll uh, I'll title I'll put it I'll start compiling it together every cool. week and make a running list. 